a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a run. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expanding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's really profound. Very Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this episode, we have Tiana Roser. She has a podcast, uh, Beyond the Illusion, with co-host Tim Howe, and her book, Awakening Transformation, A Beginner's Guide to Becoming Your Higher Self, just dropped. Links and all that stuff, of course, will be in the show notes, guys. She is an awesome talk to. We talk about all kinds of stuff. She does Reiki, hypnosis, life between lives. We do a lot of past life stuff, twin soul stuff. It is awesome. So this is a very fun episode. She's one of the sweetest, like warmest, uh, kindest people I've ever talked to, and she's just awesome. Uh, I think everybody's really going to enjoy this. So um, for more on this show, go down in the show notes as well. The expandingrealitypodcast.com will be linked down there. Go check that out. Uh, that's where you can find our merch as well as our link to Rockfin. So check out Rockfin. It's premium content. It's like 10 bucks a month, I believe, something like that. And you get everybody's premium stuff. We're over there. We're starting to add to it slowly, uh, but it's happening. So uh, go check that out for more. But uh, guys, let's get right to this because it is awesome. So Tiana Roser. All right, ladies and gentlemen, extremely excited to welcome Tiana Roser. How are you this evening, darling? I'm fantastic. Good, good. Got the name right. Yes. Thank God. Okay, we <laughs> went through job. this. I'm in a fog right now, which we will talk about in a minute because we kind of touched on it uh, off air here, and we'd just been chatting. I was like, dude, let's get this going. We need to we need to get it going here. So um, you're wonderful. Uh, for my audience that doesn't know you, do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am a hypnotherapist, and I specialize in uh, spiritual regression. That's like past life regression, life between lives quantum healing hypnosis technique. I'm also a Reiki master teacher and I teach Reiki as well. I also do something called soul plan reading um, and a bunch of other things. <laughs> um, and I also am a co-host for a podcast as well called Beyond the Illusion and an author. I just uh, published my first book. Yes, you did. Congratulations. Uh, Beyond you. the Illusion, your podcast is amazing. Um, I've been listening to you guys a little bit. I just caught your one about twin flames. That is so cool. I need to hook you up with actual <laughs> twins that I know, Ronald and Philip Kinsella. They've been on the show. They're both uh, authors and UFO guys. They're really cool. They actually run a podcast in the UK called Twin Soul. So it'd be perfect for oh, you. I'll hook you yeah. guys up. They're amazing. Yeah, you you love will love it. these guys. Okay. There's like a whole Twin Flame collective, you know, and there's a certain vibration and energy. I've met a lot of twins since, you know, being on my journey. So yeah, always love to connect with them. Well, since we're on that vein, just talk to us a little bit about what you've discovered in that in that arena. Oh, man, it's like a whole actually, you know, if, since you listened to that episode, I didn't really um, get a chance to tell my whole story. I'm like, oh, we have to do that on another episode for sure, because it takes a lot of time. And certainly like my next book is going to talk about this. But um, yeah, it's been such a roller coaster for me. It's been about six years since the initial uh, experience meeting my twin flame. It's uh, not somebody who I'm, you know, together with at all. It's, it's really something that um, for most twin flames, this happened to me, um, activated my kundalini and then created kind of as the kundalini starts to work up through your chakra system, creates like a whole dark night of the soul because everything in your life pretty much just all falls apart as all this karma comes up at once um, to clear. So everything kind of falls apart. And it's, you know, it's one of those big types of ego deaths where uh, basically the journey is all about surrender and trust to the divine and, you know, letting go of trying to control everything. And so that's been that was like a very difficult um, <laughs> some difficult years to to go through that to get to a place finally um, where I feel just really whole and fulfilled within myself and despite 
a lot of uh, heaviness and, and darkness on that journey. I would I would go back and do it again if I if I had to, because uh, where I'm at now is just like way better than I've ever been in my whole life. And kind of for me, it's been a journey of finding union within myself of my own inner masculine and my own inner feminine coming into union and finding wholeness in that way. Uh, so if, if you don't answer this, it's totally fine. But what role did your twin flame play in your Kundalini awakening? Um, so it, I would try to think of like the term, cause some people say your twin flame is like the other half of your soul. And I don't know. I mean, I don't like the idea of thinking I'm like a split soul, but I, I'd say it's my divine counterpart. And when you, um, meet up with that person, which in the past hasn't been that common, but uh, a lot of us uh, that are twin flames believe that it's happening right now as part of the awakening, the shift that's happening on the planet. And so twin flames um, are coming together on the planet at the same time, which is this intense. When you meet them, it's like all of the karma. It's like these two souls split off and had all these lives in you know different directions. And when you come back together, then all of the karma that they bring and then all the karma that you bring kind of comes together and and you your energy system starts to merge with their energy system so you feel their stuff and if they're open or awakened then they feel your stuff too um and so that is what um activates the you know the kundalini is this um dormant uh, primordial spiritual energy that sleeps at the base of our spine until uh, we do certain types of spiritual practices or uh, get activated by a guru or meet your twin flame. And then that awakens that, um, which was something that I actually wanted. I, I got Shaktipat, which is um, when a guru uh, goes and activates your um, kundalini. I got Shaktipat years ago thinking that I really wanted to have that experience and not that much happened at that time. And I was like, uh, whatever. And I just kind of let it go. And then when I wasn't trying and I met this person, it activated my kundalini. And then I realized like, oh, be careful what you wish for because um, it's just a really intense experience, which is why it lays dormant sleeping until somebody's ready because it's just kind of like a massive purge of things across lifetimes of your own um, ancestral uh, clearing that needs to happen and things in this lifetime. And for me, this lifetime has been pretty, um, I don't know, not, I don't want to say easy, but like compared to other, you know, a lot of people who are on the spiritual path had very difficult or traumatic childhoods. And I had a very loving, protective childhood. And so I didn't have as much <clears throat> trauma as other people have, but all of the stuff from other lifetimes came in and it was just like so overwhelming to experience all of this darkness at once. And, and basically everything, you know, just um, everything that you get your sense of security or identity from. So work, um, your own body's health, um, your, my, my home got burglarized, my, my car got uh, totaled, the place where I worked, uh, suddenly um, they sold the building and didn't have an office. And then suddenly my business, um, everything just crumbled basically out of nowhere. And everything I tried to do, it was like trying to, it was like being in quicksand and trying to get out. And so it's just the more I tried, the deeper into the darkness and then just having like this weird um waves of despair and sadness that would just kind of, it, it felt like almost like a storm would come in. I'd, I'd be like, do, 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 doing something on the computer. And then just this like massive wave of despair would come over and it would just, I, it would immobilize me. I would just have to stop whatever I was doing and just, I would have these deep crying spells and I would just feel this energy all moving through me. And this, I cried like every single day for probably nine or 10 months. And it was like so dark and so hopeless and so heavy. And, but it was also this really massively intensive spiritual time. This is when um, archangels were like visiting me all the time and loved ones on the other side, just when I wasn't even like meditating or anything again, I would be like on the computer doing something and suddenly less like spirit would come in and I would just have to like stop whatever I was doing and have this conversation and, and whatever. So it's having a lot in my, I am presence. I don't know if you're familiar with the, I am presence um, came in and I had this intense experience with the, I am presence where I thought it was, 
uh, dying. I basically thought I was dying and um, it felt like I was melting away all of my existence. <laughs> um, but it was this like in my I am presence was like it. I, I woke up in the middle of the night and it was like the booming voice of God, but it was like it was coming through my heart chakra. And it was just like, I am, I am the I am. And it was so scary, <laughs> but also, um, you know, it's just really powerful, intense time spiritually. Um, that's just some of the experiences that happened during the Kundalini awakening. Yeah. Uh, it does sound terrifying, but with that sample that you did, I am going to sample that part of your audio and send it to a DJ friend of mine. He's going to make something of that. So it's actually going to, you're going to turn that into something beautiful. I can hear <laughs> it in my head already. It's Vinny the Saint. He does our outro music. He is awesome. So shout out Vinny. Thank you. I'm going to send you that <laughs> clip, dude. We'll get it going and you'll be uh, on one of his tracks now. So um, <laughs> it, it sounds like um, you've got a pretty good rounded <clears throat> uh, way of expressing this this medium for yourself, this whole genre is very interesting to me especially lately and i'm proud of everybody waking up like let's do it guys you know um but you get to a point of course there's charlatans in the game and you know that um but i'm i'm kind of okay with anything that's high vibe right now i'm just like dude just be cool with each other i said at the end of every single show y'all just be good to one another that's my whole thing so if it, it, it that feels like what's going on right and so any bit of it is pretty cool and there are people that specify specifically look at one little piece of it like Reiki and that's awesome and they're dope at that one thing and that's great but you have such a well-rounded skill set that it, it has also made you obtain a really well-rounded perception about all of this stuff like you're able to really tie things together I'll relate it to the UFO phenomenon because if I didn't bring up UFOs in every episode I would just be just wasting everyone's time right but in the <laughs> UFO phenomenon you have people that are what we call nuts and bolts folks right uh, are you into UFOs at all I should just ask um, I'm not super well versed. I think they're cool, but I don't know that much about them. <laughs> it's a wonderful answer and you don't have to for this example. And that's awesome. Um, so, but there's nuts and bolts folks that are just like, okay, well they're in craft that they're technology. That's it. And they're coming from other star systems and that's great. And they focus on that. That's Ricky in this example. And other people that are like, it's interdimensional or whatever. Right. So there's different camps, but what I like to do and what we do on the show a lot is zoom out marry them all together. So this is why I like your approach for this specific part of what we're talking about. Spirituality in general, like I said, it's it's a waking up thing. We feel like we're, we're really coming into this and I know you feel this too and it's alive and it's energetic and like I was talking to you before this, there's some interesting stuff just going on with me personally that's really interesting. I'm just, I feel more dialed in than ever and I don't, I can't explain it. I don't know. Anyway, but what I wanted to say was is that the ability for you to marry this kind of stuff together has glean this huge perce perception differential from you and other people that don't really look at it the same way that you do. What's like the biggest understanding that you've come to gathering all of these things like Captain Planet, you're gathering all these things to make this one awesome thing, which is you. Uh, and what is like the one thing that you've brought together with all of them that you think maybe people aren't really paying attention to, or that you have some really good insight into? Hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a big question that people aren't really paying attention to. Let's say, for instance, maybe a difference of opinion on like what reality is. Like, do you do you have a firm kind of understanding on that, or at least a, a comfortable for you understanding that resonates with you about what this place is and what reality is and what our purpose is and all that? Yeah, it's been interesting. I was reading um, recently, like I think it was on Reddit. <laughs> um, someone had made this like really like long thought out case with all of this um, to back up from other people's experiences and things about it. Um, Earth being a prison planet. Yeah, but that doesn't resonate with me. That yeah. doesn't resonate with me and my experiences. Um, you know, it, it sounds maybe I am like super. Um, you know, Pollyanna or whatever, because I've always been the person that was like, see the silver lining and so forth. But um, um, I really do believe, you know, that we're here to learn and grow and that love is the fabric of all existence and um, everything fits into that. Um, I think when people, when I was reading this case that this person was making, it seemed very much coming from the mind. And I think, um, 
it's all about really the heart. Uh, the spiritual awakening is super important that the heart awakens because otherwise, like what happened with me when I first started, and I see it a lot with other people as well, is that you will open these upper chakras up here and you'll have all these incredible experiences and you're tapping into other realms. But if you don't really open up the heart and have a massive heart clearing and awakening, then we become split. We have these three upper chakras, the spiritual ones. We have these three lower chakras, the earthly ones, but our heart connects heaven to earth, spirit to matter. And so if we don't really open this, then we can go into spiritual um, egotism, um, uh, superiority kind of thing. And we can look down at those non-spiritual people and like, oh, what's wrong with them? And, you know, that's really like this disconnect that's happening within ourselves that gets then projected out into the world, you know? And so that's what happened to me initially, and I see it with a lot of people, is like you have this big spiritual awakening and then you are just like annoyed or frustrated with all the unawakened people. <laughs> and so right now we have this like big polarity and duality that's you know existing on the planet in all different ways being expressed. And I think, you know, you can look at it as uh, the same thing is that the key. And this is what um, came out of my uh, DMT experience um, last year was like divine mother was like channeling through me and telling or saying, I guess I could say telling me, but it was like me saying it as divine mother, that basically that compassion is the bridge between darkness and light or good and evil. And so I think, it might be, um, I don't know if people aren't seeing it, but I think it serves a good reminder to keep like moving into our heart and moving into compassion. And that's how we can bridge these worlds. And that's how we can um, bridge duality and move back into oneness. Now, when you say DMT, did you uh, smoke or ayahuasca? Uh, so <laughs> I did ayahuasca for the first time in November and um, I, I went into like the darkest, I went, it was basically like, is as if I had asked universe, show me all evil, <laughs> show me all of the evil that exists. I basically was felt like trapped in just kind of like watching evil, witnessing evil and experiencing evil on every level for, you know, four or five hours and um, came out of there uh, just kind of I, I say like it felt like I had a stain on my soul like it was like I was watching like the week after because I'm not normally the person who watches all the Disney movies that's not really me I was like watching all the Disney movies I was like oh, I just I can't I, I normally like you know shows maybe that have you know a little dystopic theme or something I couldn't watch any of that I was like oh my gosh I just need Something light, light and happy light. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah. and it felt like I hadn't um so in that experience I I was experiencing so much evil and um, darkness. And I, I kept saying to myself, only love is real, only love is real, only love is real. And then finally, you know, until it, it daylight came and it got lighter out. And I thought that I had like done what I was supposed to do, <laughs> which was, you know, to just stay focused on love. But then when I had come back and I'd meditated on it and my guide was telling me like, no, I was basically spiritual bypassing. <laughs> this is exactly what I was saying about this, you know, the light and the dark within us or the upper and the lower chakras. It was basically, I, I was supposed to, you know, see the stuff down here, the, the darkness and, um, and hold compassion for it. But instead I was like spiritually bypassing and just like saying like, only love is real, only love is real. And so um, I felt not complete. And so then that's when I, like a few weeks later, decided to do the DMT. It felt like it, I needed to do this other thing in between that. I did combo also for the first time. So it kind of, to me, it was like a trifecta. It was like, did that. And then the combo was like a certain, a lot of clearing and purging. And then, um, and then I finished it with the DMT and this totally was like a shift. This is where I finally moved into this sense of wholeness and completion. Yeah. So in the DMT, I told myself, Oh, Oh, so also in the ayahuasca, I realized like, I was trying to control it as well by saying only love is real. I wasn't just letting, you know, mother ayahuasca show me and uh, trust that. And so I told myself, okay, no matter what, I'm just going to accept whatever. And, um, and she had me pull a card beforehand and the card I pulled was compassion. So it was like perfect. And, um, and so, yeah, I went into that and it was just all patterns. It wasn't like in the ayahuasca where I actually saw 
you know, terrible things happening. This was just, it was patterns, but it was the energy. I could feel the energy. It was like the colors were really putrid and the energy was really dark. And then at one point there was this like, it felt like sexual perversion or something. It felt really like not safe. And I started to open my eyes and I was like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to face it. And when I, when I closed my eyes and just decided to accept it, just, I don't know, all of this, I was just filled with all of this love and compassion without even trying. I just felt all this love and compassion flood over me. And I started crying like tears of love and compassion. And I felt myself as the divine mother. And that's when that message came through about, about compassion. And so, uh, and then after that, I've just, that was like the end of last year. And I've just felt so whole and complete ever since then. Like it was about, I think a lot of my, um, you know, spiritual journey part one, which is what this first book is, um, was a lot about, you know, the love and the light and, um, and all of that's beautiful and we need that, but we also need to have love and compassion and show up for all of the darkness and all of the ugliness. And um, that was kind of like, the kundalini activation, the darkness of the soul. This was all like a uh, spiritual awakening part two. I had like two major ones. And so um, uh, this has all been part of that journey of really going into the depths of the darkness um, and not avoiding that, you know, being willing to face it, but still being able to um, feel love and joy and not um, running away from the the planet that we're on the world that we're on has this duality and we've come in to experience that and um so it's important i think as people who are light workers or who are on a spiritual path we do need to um be able to see and accept both sides of the duality in order to move into the oneness to move beyond the wheel of rebirth so now, you said that you woke up or your spiritual awakening happened six years ago. Are you referring to your Kundalini experience then? That's that's um, that's spiritual awakening part two. The oh. first part one was like 20 something years ago. Oh, okay. My apologies. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's, that's okay. Part, I like the part two element to that. So that was your Kundalini awakening about six years ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. That kind of kicked it up a notch, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, do you find that uh, Kundalini awakenings, because the way that you expressed it, I don't know in particular, I don't identify as somebody that's had a Kundalini awakening. Mm-hmm. I, I can't oh, you'll know you'd if you know. have one. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, we both, uh, yes, and I have heard that, so clearly I, I haven't, I guess. Um, but uh, I have uh, participated in a plant medicine ceremony, and um, it it sounds a lot like the same thing. You know, it sounds like just a, a 3D way of instituting a spirit into you that then could mimic or emulate exactly a kundalini awakening they sound very very similar well kundalini awakening is it's an ongoing thing it it activates this energy all along your spine and um and then you become i mean i was already you know an energy healer for many years before my kundalini activated but it totally shifted the way that my energetic system is inside and so i think that um, plant medicine experiences could, you know, our, our Kundalini can, can, we can have bursts of, of chi or prana or whatever you want to call it and experiences energies, but like the Kundalini, um, awakening, once it starts, it's not a process that stops. It'll, it'll have, um, times when it's like really active and then it'll kind of have quiet times, but, um, it's going to keep working its way. It's, 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 uh, Shakti is going to come up to meet Shiva at the top. And, you know, when that finally happens, then you're like really awakened. Um, So I don't think there's very many people that have like a full, fully awakened Kundalini, but like we'll have like a partial awakening, but it could be our whole lifetime to go from the, you know, heart chakra to the throat chakra or, you know, but it's moving its way up and um, to clear clear all the you know all the karma that you came in in your lifetime to clear is in your energetic system and so this stuff you know normally we um it's in our energetic system and we attract people and experiences that help us to work through that karma organically in our life um versus like everything coming up at one time so um but yeah i think there's a lot of 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 parallels that you can make for sure 
With the Kundalini Awakening specifically, do you think that it's something that you come in with a soul contract going, okay, at this time in this life, this is when it's going to kick off? Do you think that, to the follow-up question, uh, do you think then that uh, everybody that's on a certain spiritual path goes through one at some point, or do you think it's very specific uh, and may not happen at all? Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it, it, it could absolutely not happen at all. I don't think that everybody who's on a spiritual path has Kundalini Awakening at all. But I think that's true in the past, just like in the past, it was very, very uncommon for twin flames to ever be together in the same lifetime because it's such an intense experience. But in this time that we're in now, in this massive, you know, collective shift and awakening on the planet, it's like, oh, whatever was in the past, like (laughs) that might have been true of the past, but who knows in this lifetime, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, might have Kundalini activated in this life because it's also sort of like, um, no, this is, I'm try, trying to use a metaphor. I was going to say like, almost like, I didn't want to say like a virus, but like, <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. I should be laughing. I know. Too I was soon. like, I shouldn't be laughing, but, but, but it's, I mean, okay. Con- contagious in a, <laughs> it, it's not like you, anybody can just like catch, like being around a Kundalini activated person. But if your energy is already sort of awakened and you're, you're, um, you know, enmeshed with somebody who has Kundalini, it, it can be sort of like, um, you know, it, Kundalini is represented by a flame or a fire. So it can be like, um, you know, a match um, lighting another match. Uh, So I could see how it could happen all, you know, uh, around the world. Not not for people who are like really, you know, not on a spiritual path, but like maybe in communities. I see a lot more communities coming together now um, spiritually uh, in this time. And so uh, I could see that happening perhaps where kundalini activated people are sort of um sparking other people's kundalini that's well put and i love this and yes the community aspect of what's going on right now globally i mean everyone's seeing it and it's awesome it's like the lizard people are the turds that are running whatever the hell they're doing it's just encouraging it more and more and more and i have kind of this weird theory that that's why they did it that it's all part of the same thing right dark and light the evil lizard people and not a and and us you know not us and us uh it's um it's kind of, it's part of the same damn thing. So you need one to do the other. So I think this one just ramped things up because everybody was getting lazy and they were like, okay, well, fine. We're, we're here, do this. And then there you go. And then now we're like, oh, or a lot of people are like that. Um, and so it's cool for you to like be that resource for it because you're a beaming like light, dude. You're, you're like a lighthouse, man. You, you have just this awesome presence about you. You have this wonderful way of presenting the information. You have very real connecting story. Uh, that's very cool. Cause you're, you're very vulnerable to that means. I mean, you're very relatable. So, I mean, you're awesome. I hope everybody goes and contacts you guys reach out to her. Uh, Links in the show notes, of course. Um, And I just can't wait to hear uh, who connects with you because we have a really cool audience of amazing people. So um, yeah, reach out. She's great. So uh, what is your favorite part about this whole damn thing that you do? Wow, Um, man, I learned so much from my clients, just, you know, like just being really open, like, so what I learned over the years, you know, when I first started kind of doing this work, you learn these different processes and you get certified and trained and you're like, okay, I need to do the process. And, you know, here's step A and then there's step B and then there's step C. And then pretty early on, you realize like, oh, I'm not in charge. <laughs> Spirit's in charge. All sorts of things, different things are happening. And where I, you know, used to be like really attached to my process, I, I just had the intention um, to be a conduit for the highest good. Oh my gosh, your dog's so cute. Um, <laughs> I have the intention to be a conduit um, for the highest good for my client. And I'm open to whatever it's going to, you know, however that's going to play out. So somebody might come and for a past life regression, but what they really needed was emotional healing. And so instead it becomes an inner child healing session instead of a past life regression, or uh, somebody comes for stop smoking, but we go into the cosmos and speak to their spirit guides or, you know, all of these things uh, because I trust the process. And I just, um, you know, just have the broad intention, like I said, highest good versus like a very narrow specific intention. Because of that, um, it's really beautiful, all the the different kinds of, you know, experiences that people have, things that, you know, I think when I first started, I was trained in um, past life regression, I was kind of told that, you know, that 
humans are only humans, you know, <laughs> that, and then I'll, you know, but I was like, mm, I don't know if that's true. I'm open to it not being, you know, and then have um, people go into, you know, experiences where there are a mountain or there are an eagle or jellyfish. That was the one that was really interesting. No way. <laughs> Somebody, Somebody was a jellyfish. Being- How long mm-hmm. did they live? I mean, I don't, we don't, I don't know. Time is, you know, that's like saying, you know, what's time. I, I don't know how long they lived, but they're, they really enjoyed being a jellyfish because there was a lot less, there wasn't the pressure of being like there is with a human of having to get things done. And they were just like in this like beingness and in this flow and, and so forth. And then of course, lots of experiences of uh, being non-human and um, the other beings and all the shapes and forms that they come in all the different realms and all of these things. So it's, it's like being able to be the fly on the wall or being able to be the witness is really beautiful for that. And just seeing people's powerful shift and transformation and seeing people like holding a space for people to be very vulnerable and that's when they're the most beautiful and so just to like have some just have people come into my office and just totally don't know me and just share their deepest things and or you know i've had clients tell me i'm the only person who saw them cry or you know it's just a real um honor to have somebody trust you in that way and to be able to see their you know most beautiful authentic self so how do you manage that energy that you get from those people when you re- when they release it from them? Um, yeah, I had to get really good about um, what I call energy hygiene uh, in the I past few years because it's gotten, um, yeah, it's also just gotten really intensified on the planet, the energy on the planet. And so it, so many people were all kind of going through this collective clearing or energetic detox or darkness and so people are just kind of like purging so much stuff we're just swimming in it so yeah i i, I have a very strong practice um of of grounding and, and protecting my energy and clearing my energy and then also doing that for the space that i work in i have quite a lot of tools and things that i like to do um to to keep my energy and the space clear so you channel and things like that Okay, mm-hmm. so have you ever been able to channel or interact with an animal in an, in a way that's extrasensory? Yeah, I have, but not well. Okay, not not a fi- no, not like like. Can I channel your dog? No, uh, or I mean, I've not I've not tried, but um, uh, but I had. Yeah, it was interesting when I first um, was experimenting with channeling on Spiritual Awakening Part One, and um, my boyfriend at that time, like we were um, practicing really regularly every day, and um, at that time I was doing like kind of trance channeling, and so I was really bringing the energy in me, and it was kind of like speaking through me. And then my guides kind of trained me not to do it that way. Like that's not the safest, best way. But anyway, I remember this one experience where um, it was really different, uh, so pure that I just started like crying. It was really pure energy. And it was like, I could like half hear, but I was kind of half out of it. But um, this, even the way this being expressed was different i don't know the vibration and everything is different turned out it was um my my partner at that time um his dog from when he was young <laughs> his dog came through to connect with him and to communicate with him and um and that was still um that was before i was a practitioner and so that was still when i didn't believe that that was possible that um that you know i didn't know if pets souls lived on or whatever at that point. And so it was kind of uncomfortable for me because in other books I had read that that wasn't possible, but that was my experience. Um, And then, you know, when my, um, I didn't channel her, but like um, my, the last dog that I had and she had kind of, she, it was like a really sad ending of her life where she had contracted this like rare disease and tried to like find help for her. And they're just, it was like so rare and there wasn't anything. And so, um, so it was really sad, uh, to put her to sleep. Um, and, uh, but, uh, her spirit came to me, um, and told me that, um, she was gonna try being a human next time. 
And, and I'd heard that a few times. I asked my guide about that. And my guide had said, um, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a one size fits all. It's not like we all, you know, I used to think it was like, oh, well, it's like we all go to kindergarten and there's certain things we learn. And then we all go to first grade and there's certain things, but, um, but actually um, what he had told me was that, um, you know, animal souls, they have kind of this like group collective consciousness but the ones that become our pets um, choose that they want to experience individualism. And so they are learning individualism from us. And then, of course, we're receiving and remembering um, unconditional love from them. And so we help each other. And so some of those who are pets um, choose to go on to try being humans uh, from what they've learned from us. And what a cool ass way to think about this, that all animals are wild animals and they're just on some sort of collective autopilot. That's why you get bees that do what they do. That's why you get those birds that move in those crazy cool patterns and do all that stuff. And they move, you know, where they can't communicate, you know, they can't think. So it's all chemical or, you know, quantum or something. But this would explain that because they're just kind of on an autopilot. They're just kind of on a, I walk around, I eat, I poop because that's what we do. We breed and then we move on and then the cycle continues. But I like the yanking a personality into one <clears throat> that chooses you by by the way. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Thanks, buddy. This is my dog, Doc. Yeah. Uh... Anyway, they're just rowdy tonight. Mama's gone. So they just sit out there and bark. So they're in here with me. So thank you for your patience uh, <laughs> and listeners. But uh, it's cool to think about, though, that then there are little personalities that come through to you. And I like, though, the also, because that's that's another question I had for you, is that have you remembered any of your past lives? Oh, a lot of them. I mean, I was thinking, I keep saying this, I need to sit down and write them out. And I wish when I first, um, when I, I've been like writing my dreams all of these years. And when I first, um, spiritual awakening part one, <laughs> um, I had a, a period of time where, cause that's when I was like meditating three to four hours each time when I would meditate. And so sometimes I would just like slip out of my body and go into past lives when I wasn't even like back then, I don't think I wasn't even sure I believed in past lives, but I kept going into them. Um, and then of course I've experienced past lives um, with other hypnotherapists, you know, doing trades and in regression. And then, you know, even to this day, sometimes they just drop in when it's something that I need to remember or learn. So yeah, I've experienced, um, you know, being a man, being a woman, being um, just an energy system. Um, I've experienced uh, being like every race <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, being a peasant and a nothing. And I've experienced being a an oracle in Greece or an Egyptian priestess. Damn, I've experienced, cool. you know, both like uh, super spiritual lives and super mundane past lives as well. I could see that. I'd go oracle for you all day. That's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> that one just came through like a few years ago. And um, there was a particular reason why um, uh, that, that came through maybe like four years ago when a friend of mine um, went to the Newton Institute, one of the places that I got trained and, um, uh, he needed some practice people. Anyway, uh, that life, I was a man. And I, yeah, as this oracle, I didn't want any contact with women because I didn't want this like sexual energy. I thought it would be, I, I thought it would be sullying my spiritual connection. And I had like a very strong um, focus and intention and mission to bring through certain spiritual information. And so um, I was kept away from all women. And then I had these like attendants that would make sure I would eat and take care of my body needs because I was so like not in my body. And, um, and my soul had brought through this past life because uh, my, my soul told me like that I was still following this sort of, um, that's the masculine path is to go up, right? To, to transcend and the feminine path is to embody. And of course, as a soul, we both, we need, you know, the, the feminine is the bottom triangle and then the masculine is the upper. And then the Merkaba, the light body is, you know, looks like the star of David, or it's, it's both triangles on top of each other. And we need both. Um, we talk about ascension, but we also first need to fully embody before we ascend. Anyway, my soul brought that life forward because it said that it was still, things I was still like, cause I get really, I'm super queasy about the body. Like I, I'm the person like when they go to get um, my blood, I start to kind of feel faint and, uh. and I don't know, just the body's always kind of been like, uh, it's for me and makes me queasy. And so, um, 
my soul was like, you need to do more embodiment work. You need to do the feminine path. You need to see your body as spirit. And um, so that's when I started to do more. I got really, I love like ecstatic dance and, you know, trying to like do more spiritual uh, body-based practices and not just like go out in the cosmos and leave my body uh, that, that you need both. So out of all of your past lives, which one was your favorite? I mean, I don't, I don't remember all of them. <laughs> out of the ones that I remember, um, I mean, I don't know that there's a fit, like they each, because they, they come up to teach me something, right? They come up to show me things that I need to learn. And so I always think they're really cool as far as, oh, that's why I'm like that. And, um, and, oh, that's that. And, you know, so I, I love seeing how all the puzzle pieces fit together. And this is what I really also, back to your question before, one of the things I love about working with my clients is because when they first come in, we talk for a good 20, 30 minutes of just about this life. I kind of want to know what's the story of this life? What are the themes that run through this life? What are the lessons that you're here trying to learn in this life? Um, and then when we go into this experience, um, to see how all the puzzle pieces fit together. I just love that. It's like, you know, like a detective story or something that you figure and like, ah, aha. And so versus like thinking that any life was better than any other life. Um, and certainly some of them were like super, you know, mundane or horrible. Um, but just seeing how they make so much sense for the connections that I have with other people or, um, you know, the things that I'm struggling through. And, and that's all what gets me excited. It, it's kind of like uh, being able to look at your past lives like that and be able to glean the lessons that you've already learned that everybody's here to learn at some capacity. And it takes many lives, right? Uh, sometimes to do that. But it, it would be useful to be able to tap into that information. Like if you're playing a video game and you make it through these levels and there's a little check mark in the corner, it's really nice to know if you start, you know, put it down for a year or something, you come back and you're like, oh, cool, I've already done those. And I remember that or I don't have to go through that anymore to now I can just move on. I think that's a really cool hack. You know, it's like a good little um, cheat code for the Matrix. I dig that really, really a lot. So uh, what about uh, whenever you were talking about your past lives? I'm just very interested in this concept because I haven't done any past life regression. I haven't done anything like that. I think it's fascinating. But um, I'm curious about whenever you did that, you were explaining that you were a lot of human beings of all races, different um, classes and things like that, class system and Oracle and such. But you didn't express any remembrance of any other type of entity have you ever been like a tree or an animal or a you know you said being of light uh -huh. but, I mean I, I believe like we probably all have um I, I haven't gone back to lifetimes like that um maybe I think that they come up uh, on a need to know basis and so you know souls that needed that experience for whatever reason will have that in the regression because like if you have to think of like depending on who you ask, like different teachers of mine have said, we have hundreds of lifetimes, like 400, 500. And I've even heard over like a thousand lifetimes. And so, and I've probably touched in on like 20 of my past lives, you know? And so there's like so many that I haven't touched on. Um, but it's because like, oh, you know, do I, do? would it help me in some way to remember lifetime as a tree right now? That's you what know, I was going to say. Is, is that it feels like that you've only called on the lives that would matter in this life and that because of your intent going into the exercise. So if you go into it saying, I only want to contact human lives in this life or whatever is relevant to how I can grow now in this one. So you wouldn't need to do it. But if you went into it, perhaps with the intent of just entertainment or just like, man, let's see how deep the rabbit hole goes, then you might get a different result as far as what, what bounces back to you, right? Do you think there's anything to that? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think... Yeah, if I were doing that myself. Now, I have a different idea, like, because my clients sometimes will come in and be like, I'm just curious. And I think like, oh, but, you know, even though they're just curious, I know the soul wants them, you know, to help them somehow. So even though they're like, I just want to, you know, see something from my curiosity, I'm always thinking like, no, the soul's not going to waste this opportunity to help you heal or grow in some way. Um, so, yeah, I'm just naturally just very like growth focused. I'm super 
driven to grow and expand. So, so yeah, I'm not like really exploring things just for curiosity. I'm like con- constantly wanting to level up or whatever, but yeah, even when people come in um, and I, I tell them this, like with the past life regression, um, you know, somebody might say like, Oh, I want to experience a past life with my wife or whatever. Um, you know, one that we had together. And I'm like, well, if that's, you know, what, what your soul wants you to experience today, if that's in your highest good today, that might happen or something else might, you know, so uh, somebody might come in and just want to have fun or, or be curious, but the soul's going to like, be like, well, here's what you need. I know this is what you want. Here's what you need and kind of give you what you need. Um, But yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I have. I really do think that we have, you know, all of the experiences, um, And um, yeah, I think for myself, because I've been told by my guides that I I like it too much um, in spirit and I have a harder time being human. And so um, that's why I intentionally came in with um, my inner vision shut down. So when I am regressed or when I go into meditation, I don't usually see images. I I, I see colors, but I don't see things. the way that other people do, I feel and I sense things. And I was told that's because um, so that it will kind of be a little bit less real, because otherwise I tend to just want to escape out there and not be here. It's so like I a think parental that's probably control. why. Huh? It's like you said, a spiritual parental control for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Where like you're, you're so tapped into what's going on on the other side. You had to stop yourself at a certain point because you knew you'd get there and blow, blow, blow by it. Right. Yeah, maybe one day uh, when I'm like so happy being in the body, then um, and I've so merged You'll my spirit by in the bus. body. I'm sorry. <laughs> You'll get hit by a bus, and then it's over, and then that's when it'll be. <laughs> no, I mean, it'll no, be the day then, that you're just cool with it. Gone, you know. <laughs> I was gonna say the opposite. Like maybe then that's when my spiritual vision will open and be like, okay, you love being in the body now. We can show you what it's like um, in spirit. I don't know. Yes, of but, course. Yeah, and most I do of my not clients wish do bad see. things on you. We're just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm I'm one that I really believe like when it's my time, it's my time, you know, and I feel like there's still a lot I can do here on the planet, a lot of good I can do a lot more. So I don't think it would be my time right now. But if it was, I know it's beautiful and wonderful on the other side. So I'm not I don't have fear around that. It's just like one of those great ironies of the universe, right? The second you get a hold of something, you know, and there's that old um, story, that cartoon that had, you know, the guy with glasses and then one dude like died and he's alone now in this library, right? And he's like super pumped because he's all to himself. Now he can just read, which is what he wants. And then he goes to get a book, his first book to sit down. And then he looks down and his glasses break. So now he's stuck for eternity or however long he lives with all these books and no way to read them, right? So it's like this great irony of the universe kind of a thing. So it's funny. It would be semi-entertaining if you just look at it dispassionately. Entertain the idea that once you achieve this sort of body enlightenment and you're comfortable with it and you're like, okay, fine, I'll exist in this thing. Boom, bust. You know what I mean? And that's like that irony of the universe that um, tells us that it has a good sense of humor sometimes, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, luckily we're not uh, trapped like the guy in the library without the glasses. Like when it's time, you know, it's like, oh, I really love it here. And then boom, it's time to move on. It's hey, it's even more wonderful beyond here. And so that's, you know, a good consolation, I think. <laughs> so you talk about life uh, between lives. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, that's um, there's this. I didn't. Did you read Journey of Souls by Michael Newton? Uh, no. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Put that on your uh, reading list um, or audiobook listen list. Um, yeah. Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. Um, Journey of Souls is one of like the books I read when I first was opening spiritually and everything was like super brand new to me. And, um, and it just made so much sense. It really resonated with me. Um, Michael Newton was a hypnotherapist. Um, and it gives a similar story from with Brian Weiss, if you know who he is. Yeah. He, yeah. Where like didn't believe in reincarnation and then tries to, you know, has a, a client that he is bringing back to the source of an issue. And then the client goes through like into a past life and then goes through the death experience and then goes into spirit realm in between lives. So life between lives is like um, what happens in spirit realm, like after you died in your last life, before you come back in this life, um, what happens there? Uh, so people uh, meet with a spirit guide or guides. We all have 
guides. Um, you have a soul family um, or a classmates or however you want to think of it. So meeting with them, the, you know, other group of souls that you're like kind of working together with. And um, there is a council of elders, um, like evolved souls that sort of watch over our whole evolution over many lifetimes um, as souls. Um, we don't always meet with them between every single life. And so in some client sessions, they're meeting with the council of elders, sometimes not. But the client will bring in questions that they want asked, and that will be asked either to their guide or guides or to the council of elders or even to them in their own higher consciousness state. Um, so a lot of people, you know, are wanting to know, like, what is my soul's purpose? Am I on track for what I came in this lifetime? But people will also even ask, like, you know, should I move to Arizona or uh, Texas or, you know, <laughs> things like they could ask like real, um, you know, 3D type questions as well. But that's a piece of it. Um, there's also just what we do as souls on the other side um, in between lives. You know, we have different roles that we play. I used to say jobs and then I was like, oh, it doesn't sound, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody wants like, to, uh, oh, yeah. well, I, I go on the other <laughs> side and now I have a job I have to do. But really, like if you think about how boring it would be, um, just, you know, I always joke about like, oh, we're just like playing the harp, <laughs> like and the way they always depict it. Like, no, that's really boring, right? We have different focuses or different interests. And so, um, you know, whether on our own or with our soul group, um, we're doing, you know, different roles and things on the other side. Uh, so a lot happens. It's like a four hour long regression session. <laughs> So do you think that it's possible, because when you look at different spiritual practices, and we'll just keep it in that wheelhouse, we don't even have to talk about all the other religions out there and all of those other things, uh, but they're definitely part of that conversation if you want to expand it. But whenever you just talk about spirituality, okay, there's a lot of people that believe that they're channeling this person from this place and it's not the same as this other. And then they've got a big following and they've got a big following. And it seems like there's so much information, especially now, and everyone's being bombarded with the terms like download and spirit guides and crystals and things like that. So to help navigate through those muddy waters, do you think that, and, and let's just be honest here, do you think that any of it's real or are we all just creating this which makes it real? Which would lend to the, kind of the idea that any you know Christian that believes when they die, they go to heaven, they do go to heaven because they created it. They created that belief system which created their reality that filtered their existence through this. It's kind of like, you know, playing a role in a movie, but you have to dress up and be that character the whole time. So your belief system is wrapped up in your identity, which then perpetuates your existence in such a way as whenever you finally get to the end there, you do create that circumstance and then exist in it until you want to remember or whatever. But this also would explain like stigmata and things like people that have seen very real things that have happened paranormal type things, but they expect it. It's it's in a way that resonates with them based on their belief system, UFOs, things like this, right? So again, back to my question. And again, let's just be honest here. Is it, are we all just full of shit? Like, are we all just kind of creating this shit and it's all real? It's all right, but it gets so convoluted that it's like, well, now I got to believe in that because someone spoke it into existence. Therefore, we live in a co-collective creative. And if I go down that path, that's kind of a thing that I've got to go through or is it possible that if we never heard about any of this stuff at all, that we'd still have just as good a time and and things would end up the same? It's just kind of a aspect of the experience, again, like a role that we play here, like a filter we choose to view the world through. <laughs> That's a very big uh, question. Um, so, I mean... I when people, because this will happen in the regression sessions and they'll have this whole experience and then afterward they'll say, was that even real? And then I'll say, well, what is real? What what does real mean to you? You know, everything I think, you know, you have this whole experience when you go to sleep and you have this dream and you live this whole life and then you come back, you awake in the morning, and you're like, oh, that was just a dream. It wasn't real. But why wasn't it real? If you had emotions or if you um, learned something and you shifted and transformed, isn't that real? And then, you know, who's to say, yeah, when we die, we say, oh, this life wasn't real. And everything is just, you know, or your ayahuasca experience or, or any of it, they're just different states of consciousness. And so I think that the word real, it's kind of irrelevant. Like to me, again, like the focus is on um, 
<laughs> expanding reality, you know. <laughs> I love expanding when people our, do that. Nice job. Yeah, I know. People do that on our <laughs> podcast fun. all the time too. Yeah. So it's fun to like <laughs> drop that in there. Um, but yeah, I was going to say actually expanding consciousness, you know. So for me, I just kind of wanting to continue to expand my consciousness. And so that's what's real to me. Um, but, you know, a little bit of what you said um, is something in the Journey of Souls books where, um, uh, people or souls would experience, like, let's say they were Christian and they believed um, in heaven. And then, um, so when they would tap into in, in between lives, yeah, for a while they would go to like this, like heaven-like place, but then slowly they would awaken to like, oh, and then, you know, whoever they saw, like, oh, that's Jesus and all, using all that same framework. But over, I don't know if time is the right word in spirit realm, um, they were like, oh, wait, they realized that that was a construct. And so I think that eventually we all, you know, awaken to, we, yeah, we can have these different constructs, um, but they're not like less real because we learn and grow through them, but we will eventually awaken to more and beyond that. And so it doesn't really matter. In my opinion, we can choose different experiences, you know, to try out and to resonate with that's what reincarnation is to me, you know, this lifetime, let me be, uh, you know, homeless, uh, you know, orphan or whatever. And let me see what that's like. And so, um, they're all just different, you know, experiences and flavors of that. So, yeah, I don't think it's um, either necessary that we're all supposed to agree or find the one true reality while we're here on Earth. We're all having our own unique, different experience as we should, as as it as was designed for. I completely agree. You've nailed it. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's very personal. So therefore, if you believe that, yes, absolutely. I'm not 100% sold on the idea of consensus reality. I'm just not. And maybe in a small capacity, but it seems like the more you get dialed into it, the more it ramps up and really proves itself to you to be exactly what you think it is, no matter what that is, if that makes sense. Um, so with new understandings that are coming out and all these people having whatever kind of awakening this is, which I think both of us have already agreed on this, that there is something going on, right? Um, what do you think the next step looks like? Uh, if you can kind of, you know, Nostradamus it a little bit for us and see what you think. <laughs> I, You know, I don't think I can Nostradamus it. I think that we are creating it as we go along. It does look, if you look at things like um, astrology, um, and I have a couple really good friends that are astrologers, um, it, it's it's looking like a lot more of um, some uh, unraveling is going to go. I'm trying to look at the nice way to say it. Uh, yeah, it looks like a lot more unraveling is going to still happen in our society and our societal structures and some, you know, this whole kind of um, sovereignty versus uh control and all of these you know dualistic things that are happening it's it looks like that's going to keep going down but i think that that's all you know so that more people are awakening through that that might be part of the bigger plan i mean do you think eventually probably not in my lifetime but like you know there's going to be this golden age but uh, uh we're in the process of things all the dirt that was swept under the rug is all coming up uh to be looked at and healed and loved and, you know, given compassion. But before we get to that state, it, you know, it looks like everything's a mess and dark and, and so forth. So, so yeah, it, I mean, that's going to sound not very, well, maybe that's not Nostradamus. It wasn't like he was all like light and, and nobody so knew what, he didn't know what the hell he was talking about. He yeah. was just a really good poet and people are losing their damn minds on it. Right. Uh, well, I've got to introduce you to Karen Swain. Have you ever heard of her? She does ATP media mm-hmm. over in Australia. Okay, I'll hook you up with her. Uh, she is absolutely wonderful and she will love you. Um, it's funny when you say that you want to you know, check it out or you don't think you'll be here for the Golden Age, but it'd be nice to see. That's one of her deals. She wants to be reincarnated here so she can see the work that she's done in the future. I think that's so cool, like planting a tree and then becoming your you know, great-grandson's whatever and then coming back and seeing that tree that you planted right uh, lifetimes ago. I think that that's cool, like that kind of... Uh, 
um, idea about looking at it. It's because it's whimsical. And just like you said about the Twin Souls thing earlier, it just made me think of like, that's such like a romantic idea. I dig the hell out of that. It doesn't even have to be sexual. It's just cool that you can make like a buddy-buddy deal or a pact or, or maybe love, whatever. Um, but then you... So then you spin off into all these other different lifetimes. They're going to be maybe peppered in with like an alien here and there and a squid on a crazy moon of some crazy star system <laughs> somewhere. And so you, you'll have all of this and it's like a tapestry, which it's, it just speaks more to how deep this shit goes. Because then you start thinking about all of those accumulated experiences wrapped up into just these two that complete a whole, right? These twin flames. And then they come back together and they have this tapestry of experiences. No two would ever be alike. It's absolutely in infinite. And that's amazing. I mean, this is like a really cool way to look at this. I dig the hell out of that. You're great. You're great. <laughs> now this is, this is awesome. So let me ask you this. Uh, would, with all these people, like I said earlier, uh, coming up and doing this, what's some advice that you've got for anybody? that is just now kind of awakening to this stuff, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it's so important, like you're saying, um, because there's so much information and, and misinformation, if, you know, there's just so much that if you're trying to just intellectually, logically figure out moving forward, um, you're going to be really confused. Um, so I think it's super important to uh, whether it's like through meditation or whether it's through some kind of um, energy work or or channeling to connect with your soul or your higher self and um, find your channel of truth within so that you can discern. It doesn't even again, it's not about the ultimate truth. It's about, oh, what's true for you in this life, you know, what, even what, what I needed, you know, five, 10 years ago is different from what I need now. And so it's all, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the one forever truth, but you have to have a way to um, know what's right for you in the moment to feel it and resonate with it versus to try to figure it out um, intellectually. Cause it'll like mess with you if you uh, try to only figure it out. I'm not saying that we're going to shut down our brains. I'm saying we need this other, the piece of intuition. Um, and we also, you know, need our heart open to guide us. And then we also, um, I would say the energy hygiene stuff that I was saying before is also super important in this time. Um, it's always been important, but I really like where I could get away with not doing it every day, you know, years ago for a long time as an energy healer. Now it's like, no, I have to do it every day. You know, the way I have to brush my teeth every day, <laughs> even though I'm exhausted and I don't want to brush my teeth, I still brush my teeth. And same, that's how I feel about, you know, doing everybody needs to be super uh, grounded and um, embodied because uh, if we're not embodied, which like I told you before, I was like half in, half out for a lot of my life, you know, head in the stars, kind of not fully present here. And that's when you can be really affected by other people's energies, um, kind of like leaving the door open in your <laughs> in your house. Then other, you know, people can come in. You got to make sure that you shut that and lock it and carefully look out the peephole before you open the door and let anybody in. And so we have to do that with our energetic system because there's so much going on collectively, energetically that will you might take on people who are opening might um take on and it kind of will muddy the water and keep you from having the inner clarity that you need moving forward on your spiritual path it's amazing you're so articulate the, the way you say stuff is absolutely incredible you're just amazing um Please come back anytime. We're probably going to cap it here, but you are absolutely delightful and wonderful. And I had an awesome time with you. I think you you have just such wisdom with this and you've got just such, like I said, a well-rounded specialties that you do. Uh, and which makes you like this, again, tapestry of the, all these different experiences that you've had that you can kind of bring together and share as one. I think that's amazing. Uh, do you mind just uh, letting folks know where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my website is awakeningtransformation.com. Perfect. All right, guys, uh, that'll be linked below. And um, go also check out uh, her book, of course, and her podcast. You guys go check Beyond the Illusion. It is awesome. You guys do a wonderful job on that. It is very, very cool. I am truly grateful for your time and your wisdom. And you are welcome back any damn time you want. So thank you. Thank you. It's been so fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed talking to you. Awesome. Well, then we will have to do it again. You're in Texas anyway. You got to come up, see the ranch, yeah. see the animals, meet the <laughs> wife and all that stuff. It's a lot of fun. 
All right. Well, uh, like I said, thank you, Open Door, uh, and we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. Thanks so much. All the love in the world for Tiana coming on the show and hanging out with us. She is absolutely amazing, guys. Of course, you know the deal. All the ways to find her will be linked down in the show notes. So just go down there and check that out. Uh, Link down there as well is the uh, website. So expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's where also it's like a hub for all the other links. So everything's kind of centralizing there. We got the videos up there now. Uh, YouTube is linked from over there, all that good stuff. Uh, That's also where uh, you can find our merch. So we have t-shirts. We've uh, uh, partnered with T Public, and uh, we're doing some really cool stuff. Uh, more designs to come. So if you want to rep, um, that's how we can do it, and that's a great way to support the show. Uh, links through the website. So also link there is Rockfin. Uh, go check out Rockfin. It's awesome. Uh, our premium content is like I said in the beginning here, uh, slowly trickling over there. But there's a lot more to come, and we have a lot of really cool stuff planned. So uh, go ahead and get on board anyway. Amy's over there. Bunch of really great content creators, guys, and it's all their premium stuff. So it's it's really cool. Uh, it's a fun platform to be on. I'm grateful to be a part of it so uh you guys head over there if that uh it sounds like something you'd like to do because it's dope uh okay uh go out into this week guys we have a lot of new stuff to process with episodes like this and you kind of integrate it into paradigms that you had and you're just kind of piecing this whole thing together well i'm here with you uh there's a lot of crazy stuff going on but it's all magical stuff um i personally just kind of at the end here wanted to tell everybody that i've come to like this real calm this real like peace about all this stuff right uh, I know it's fun to look into the conspiracy theories and stuff, and I love that too. I mean, that's a big part of uh, my joy of someday experience on this plane, right? Anyway, uh, but lately it's it's just been heavy, and, and I know that, you know, for everybody out there, but um, just know you're not alone. I mean, we're all here. Reach out if you need anything, of course. Um, don't do anything super crazy. Just go within. That's where you can find the answers. That's, I guess, what I'm trying to tell everybody as I kind of got to this place. And I wish this for everyone. This is the only damn reason I'm spending any time on this uh, is because uh, it's valuable. Uh, it's been valuable to me and uh, coming from the far side of the conspiracy stuff, guys. Um, it's uh, really changed my perspective on a lot of stuff and I, I wish that for everyone. So uh, anyway, thank you again, uh, bottom of my heart while I got you uh, for listening and uh, sharing and liking and all that good stuff. It uh, means the world to me. This has been awesome. I just feel like a conduit. You know, it's bigger than me. It's n- nothing to do with me anyway. I've always wanted this to be about the guests and the ideas and and it's gotten that momentum so this is great Uh, our charts are doing awesome you guys are kicking ass i just love love all y'all so i just wanted to say that uh bottom of my heart so uh go out into your week this week guys and uh, pick up a piece of litter of course hold a door buy a coffee a meal a bottle of water something small it doesn't matter it makes a massive difference right uh be nice to every entity uh animal everybody that you come across um open the door for somebody you know uh it's that's an awesome thing and it's real small it's it's not a big deal but it makes a big deal to them you know it's just one of these things you know just be just be good to everybody right um get out of that left-hand lane of course it's still a pain in the ass uh so get out of the left-hand lane and above all guys uh, go out into this place whatever the hell this beautiful magical crazy uh shit show is um just be good to each other you know just be good to one another all right i love you all thank you so much for listening This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.